Was the season over for you on a five-game losing streak? Not for the Flyers. An all-star break set them right. Let's talk about it all right now. It is episode 169 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we are Scott and Bill, your hosts as always. Make sure you're following us, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Uh, send us any fan requests, uh, questions, and we'll answer it all. And Orange and Backcheck on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook and the Hockey Podcast Network. And the Flyers, after some chaos... Some very bad legal trouble for one particular player. They take an all-star break and they seemingly get back on track. All thanks to a trip to Mexico. I'll say this. I don't think any team in the past couple seasons would do a trip the way they did it with Jamie Drysdale. And <laughs> the fact that they utilized the all-star break to kind of reset that is, it was like perfect time because they had played 50 games at that point, more than most teams in the NHL. And I think that this is a great opportunity for them to kind of take a step back, hit the reset button, come back, and now you're in a playoff race. And it's legitimate. It's not, hey, we may make it, we may not. They're legitimately in a playoff race. And man, I'll tell you, you know, it's you so say- fun to have Flyers hockey back like this. It, it's it is. so much fun. Especially with the depression. I'm still a little sour about the Eagles season. I think a lot of the Philadelphia sports uh, landscape is. Uh, even the Phillies, I think they're a little uh, disappointed, especially because we're coming up on baseball season, which always gets people's hopes up again and all that fun stuff. Uh, right. But not a lot of moves in the offseason, um, at least yet. We'll see what happens. Um, and then the Sixers are the Sixers. So the fact that the, the new life of this franchise that has been seemingly in the dumps over the last at least last two or three seasons obviously we we you, you count the the playoff bubble that was a lot of fun but then the, obviously the wheels completely fell off and the fact that it's been two or three years and you're back at this point really like is shows how impressive it is that what they have done um to re-energize this group and the Jamie Drysdale thing just is, is, is in, encompasses that to a level that everyone uh, can relate to at some level. Obviously, we're not all millionaires being told, hey, tomorrow you're flying to Mexico. Have fun. Like, go. You're, this is what you're doing. But, like, remember, Jamie Drysdale was just acquired here from Anaheim in a trade uh, for Cutter Gautier. And then... He has no idea what what is happening. He's flying across the the country, playing for a team he hasn't played for yet, obviously, and doesn't have a play. He didn't even have a bed. He said uh, for the first couple of weeks. I don't. I, he might still not have a bed. Um, and then you're kind of you're set on the all star break to say, all right, I'm going to get my life in order, going to figure it out. And then it's like when you're in college and you're on spring, about to go on spring break, and your buddies come up to you and go, hey. Uh, we're going here. Uh, drop everything. We don't care what your you plan your plans were. Cancel them. And he went with it. He went with the flow. I think we can all relate to that in our early to mid twenties. Yeah, and like that's really what it's all about. And I believe it was him, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, Ryan Poling, uh, Paling, uh, and uh, maybe one other that I'm forgetting. But it was 
exactly what this team needs. And probably, I'm not kidding, why they are on a three-game win streak. They reset their brains. You don't have to think about competition, despite John Tortorella wanting to wet his pants about them talking about hockey. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's just fun all around to see this team bonding on that level. Well, even so, like a, a chance for them to reset. I mean, you know, it was great that you could see the closeness of the locker room with something like that. That's what I yeah. really think is what people don't realize. It's not the fact that they, you know, said, no, you don't do anything. We're going to cover everything. We got you. All you, you got to do is just show up. Like, the fact that they were like, dude, no, you, you come with us. Like, you're coming with us. Like, you have an opportunity here to really get a locker room close bonded together. And on the flip side, because one of these days – you're going to be like Cam Atkinson, and you're going to go to uh, you're going to go to Disney World on the All Star break, which <laughs> makes sense. I mean, you know, they got, these guys use the time with their families and, and to do that. But my my, I, my my overall thing is that given everything that happened the week leading up to the All Star break, it couldn't have come at a more perfect time yeah. because you had a chance to reset, you had a chance to clear your mind. And he had a chance to get back, and now they're playing really good hockey right now, for the most part. Yeah, um, I was gonna say we'll get we'll get to the the, the, the part, disappointment. The yeah, but the thing is, is that you know, as I talked about last episode, this is the ebbs and flows of a season. You're going to have yeah. those five those swings where you look like, oh my god, they just beat Dallas, they destroyed Dallas, and you know, some people are calling them contenders. They're not contenders yet. You're going to ride that roller coaster a little bit here. You know, and it happens with a young team. But the fact that now they come back, they reset, and you can see the bondingness, I really think, and we'll talk about it later in the episode, that while Danny Briere and Keith Jones have to look at this and say, okay, how do we get better? What do we have to do? They cannot dismantle this roster the way it is. They can't dismantle this because – yeah. What the, what people don't understand, it's not just the on-ice talent that gets you to a Stanley Cup. It's your bond in the locker room. And I think that that's something that's very underrated that this team is doing very well, that they really have to look long and hard. Okay, what guys can we not give up? Because not only are they valuable on the ice and they're hurt us playoff-wise, but because they're a rock in the locker room. Yeah. So we we have to see how that pans out. You know, we talked about how in the uh, at least you were the only one on this podcast that was hammering it in the preseason uh, that they're going to qualify for the playoffs. They're going to make a playoff, uh, not just qualify, win a round. Yes. Um, I think because of and maybe this is, again, me just overreacting to the um, the win streak. And now, obviously, the like you were said, the Dallas win coming back uh, back from the, the depths of that five game losing streak. I don't think they're just competing for a playoff spot anymore. I legitimately think they are competing for a top three spot in the Metro at this point. I don't think wild card wild card is still my standard. I th- still think they are for if they land after 82 games in that first wild card spot or that second wild card spot, wouldn't be shocked. But the way this team is playing and how the Metro is playing behind them, they are seriously in contention now for that top three spot. I, they're sitting comfortably at three. Uh, the Islanders are right behind them at 56 points. Flyers, obviously, at 62. I, I think this is very unexpected in the terms of, again, 
what we thought, again, not even what we thought preseason, what just happened, like you said, over the last week and a half, two weeks with Carter Hart could have dismantled this roster. Yep. It, it, it just be based on one player. Yep. And then you just kind of say, this is what it is. It is what it is. Wipe the slate clean. Carter Hart has literally been removed from existence in Flyers organization. Can't buy his jersey. Can't customize his jersey. Can't find him on the, the website. Anything. Cal Peterson comes up, gets a nice win after uh, um, not starting since November. And they just seemingly are not letting the tension rise to the level it felt prior seasons when they would give up, they would hold a 2-1 lead a 3-1 lead give up that one that goal that cuts the lead in half or cuts it uh to a tying and then the wheels fall off and they lose 7-3 or 6-3 right they don't let the moment get too big even when it's a moment like Carter Hart that is a huge moment beyond hockey right so i think they are at this point not just a wild card team they are a top three team in the Metropolitan Division. And I might regret my words in, in about 30 games or so, but I'm okay with that. We'll see. Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why, why, why are you regretting your words now if you're, you know, you're going to say it? If you're going to go out and say it, just stand by it. Stand I by do it, now. Yeah, no, no, I, now. I, I'm, I'm standing by it now. What I'm saying is I, I, like, I will like say oh well obviously i overreacted to the to, to that three game win streak after the all-star game when they seemingly fall back into locker am i hoping for that of course not i want them to win my expectations go with those ebbs and flows of the season you know we talked about you have been still holding steady pat and that's impressive by you i really commend you for that what i am is a typical f- sports fan where the expectations dip when the team dips and rises when the team rises and I'm not getting ahead of myself. Like, I'm not, like you said, after that Dallas game, we heard contender, Stanley Cup, deep playoff push, which is obviously patently absurd. I mean, Sean Couturier, uh, uh, after last night's game um, against, uh, why am I blanking on who they just beat? Uh, Kraken. The Jets. The Seattle. Seattle. Um, He said, yeah, we're, we're just a great locker room. We know we... It was. I'm verbatim. I'm not quoting exactly, or I'm 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 summarizing. I'm not taking verbatim. He said, "We know we're not the most skilled team. We we lack skill somewhere, but we make it up in other areas, and that's obvious. This team is again what we talked about last week when Jamie Drysdale is settling the power play to be contenders. That slap shot on the first goal by Sean um, uh, Scott Lawton was." Absolutely absurd. And it was all set up from Drysdale. So I cannot uh, believe we're in a – we're talking in mid-February about how good this team is and what they can obviously do in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be a real, real, real big problem for whoever they play, whether that's second place uh, to the Metro or the one of the top teams in each division with a wild card spot. They're a serious problem. Okay, well, okay. So let, let's let's take <clears throat> a quick step back then. Mm-hmm. And if, if the playoffs started today, this is what the picture would look like. You'd have Boston playing Detroit. You'd have the Rangers playing Toronto, which would be interesting. 
Um, <laughs> it's a conundrum have, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd have you'd have <laughs> you'd have the Panthers and the Lightning play each other, and and the Flyers would play the Hurricanes. Now, in a seven game series, do I think the Flyers can beat the Hurricanes? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm just making a point. I don't know if they can beat the Hurricanes in seven. Frankly, I'll be honest. I haven't watched too much of the Hurricanes this season, but I know that Freddie Anderson's been out for a while because of a blood clotting issue. They're plus twenty two in their goal differential. They've only given up 149 goals this year, which is only three more than the Flyers, but they've scored twenty two more goals. So. The offense for them would be a little bit concerning, but again, I know the Flyers' defense is some of the best in the league, and they're like near the top still in the, in the penalty kill. So that that's why I'm thinking that one would be like a toss up seven game series, yeah. no doubt. My the, it's it, the thing about the Flyers team that I I think is the most exciting is that they're doing it the right way. Like, and what I mean by that is that teams generally build from the back to the front. And it's not just, oh, buy, get your goaltender, and then you get your defense, and then you get your offense. You always teach defense first. The offense will come later. It's a lot easier to play and win games when you're not giving up a lot of goals and you only have to score a couple when you don't have the elite talent, elite scoring talent. Now, we're seeing Owen Tippett is going to be a core member of this team going forward, his contract extension. Okay, TK is eligible for a contract extension in, on um, on July first. Yep. Yeah, Sean Couturier is back and he's playing good hockey and he's been healthy, pretty much healthy and, and been consistent player. He's not putting up a major, massive amount of points, but he's that play driver that you really need, which is fine. You do. I think that's some... how he's being coached too. I don't think he's being told Absolutely. to create a lot. Absolutely, I think he, uh, generate his own scoring. He's told to make the play, make the pass, Correct. whatever. Yeah, correct. They, you know. Really, what Tortorella is missing, he's missing, a, like, and not to go back to his Tampa Bay Lightning years, but he's missing, like, well, think of it this way. His, his top center when he was in New York was in, was Derek Stepan. So, like, you know, it, it, Derek Stepan, yeah, no disrespect to him. He's not a an elite first-line center, but he was, he was a guy who could win you games. He could, he could play play the role. So you you need some, you need a little more explosiveness in, in, your, in, your, in, in the center position, either on your second line. So... When it comes to time, look at the trade market. I'm looking for because the center the center depth is really really weak on the trade market this year. So you're looking to get more explosiveness on the center line. You need a scoring center. You really need a little more scoring from your center. And it's not that no disrespect to Sean Couturier, he's, he's still a top elite center. But you need like, if I'm going back to his Tampa years, you need like a Vinny Lecavier or you need a Brad Richards because you need somebody to drive that play. Because if you want to go and kind of mirror that team a little bit from '04. You know, like you kind of have a Marty St. Louis in in in, uh, in Travis Konechny. You know, you have some other players that can kind of shoot the puck a little bit, kind of like um, uh, like a like a like an Owen Tippett. Um, so, not to compare apples and oranges, but I think that with this team is that they're 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 playing so responsible defensively, is that this is a workman type team. This is a team that kind of reminds me of the ninety three ninety four. New Jersey Devils. They have a rookie goaltender at the time. The Rangers had the, the Devils had a rookie goaltender. His name um, you might have heard of him. His name is Martin Brodor. Yeah, he was a rookie goaltender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they had like they had guys who were like good, and they were but they weren't elite names. Like you know, Scott Niedermeyer was a very young player then on the back end. They had Scott Stevens on the back end, 
Like their back end was solid. But they on up front they had guys like, you know, Bernie Nichols. Like Bernie Nichols is a really underrated score. Like, like honestly, almost in a mirror of like an Owen Tippett type. And then like you have uh, you know, guys like Tom Chorsky, you had um Tommy Abilene on your on your back end. You had who else up front? You had um Oh God! Some of the other names I can't think of. You know, Valeria Zelapukin. Uh, you know, some of these guys that were up front there. Um, you you had you had all workman type guys, and I'll tell you. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that they they took the Rangers, who were just a a, a juggernaut the way the roster were construction constructed, and they they were literally a period away from winning that series in 94 when the Rangers won the cup, they were a period away. They had a two, one league going into the third, third period of game six when they were up three, two. And then Mark Messier just took everything over because it's Mark Messier. Yeah. I it's mean, Mark Messier. My God. Despite so, saying, despite, despite saying during one of the intermissions that uh, Cal Peterson against the Kraken is looking like Bernie Perrant. Like, come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? No, Way to jinx a man. Well, no, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll get to count a little bit. I'll get to count a little bit. But my point is, is that the, they have a workman type thing where they're just not going to be beat. Now, like, listen, I'm not comparing the Flyers to the 93, 94 Devils because they were the second best team in the league just behind the Rangers. The Flyers aren't there yet. But my point is, is that they have a lot of guys who didn't have a lot of names, but they were willing to put in the work up front and take a team like the Rangers and literally have them teetering on the cliff of the nation if it didn't take a Hall of Fame player to pull that team back and then go win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So the the what I'm saying is that the potential is there for the Flyers to to do uh, to do something very very unique here. But again, it's like shades of 0708 where they where they beat the Caps in the first round and went on to the conference final. You know, the team is still building, they're rebuilding. There there's a lot that's going on here, especially now since we're getting closer to the trade line line. There's things that we have to talk about because the Flyers got to make some very hard decisions here. Very hard decisions. And with a market that's kind of thin in certain areas, they might have to pull the trigger on a move that is not going to make the fan base happy. Yeah. But again, it's for building for the future. So I, I, there, there's, th- there's, yeah. There's, I mean, what John Tortorella said was, you, "We're gonna, we're not trying to f- uh, fall in love with these guys because of the decisions they're going to have to make right. by March eighth, like or March sixth, whenever the trade deadline is. Um, it, like it's one of those things that." comes with a team that you know lacks skill, lacks the talent from the upper echelon teams, despite what they are doing on the performance and the standings, tell us. Honestly, like going back to my point earlier and why Torts is and to the uh after the uh um uh Winnipeg game, when they're up four or three nothing after the first period, and then they seemingly coast through that first the last 40 minutes of the game John Tortorella is still holding to the standard of hey what the hell are you guys doing like I am not despite the win of four to one you guys played like crap in the last 40 minutes they Mm -hmm. slacked and despite what we're talking about and joking obviously about how a trip to Mexico is what resets this team what really keeps this team on the on the rails is the guy behind the bench and that's John Tortorella and company. Like, this guy knows the standard of his players. Walks, obviously, obviously, where the public was wrong, or at least the majority of the public was wrong, is that he lets the players be players. He obviously has his his thoughts on the Michigan move and all of that. 
but he still wants the players to be players. He knows his role as a coach. He knows the rest of his staff as coaches, their roles, and then he lets the players be players within reason. When they start acting like idiots and not playing to the standard that he wants them to play, he's going to get an earful of them and treat the media when he doesn't want to talk about it or right. gives him what I think was described as just putting a zero up, like and, and nada, like what he liked about the last 40 minutes. The standard is the standard. Yes. I think that was actually a slogan for the team a couple of years back yeah. under Elaine Vigneault. Well, I think the standard, no, it was last year. It was last year. They're resetting the standard. It was last year under Tortorella. Yeah. But here, and, and here's, here's my take on the, on that game. You know, I'm sitting there watching that game against the jets and I'm watching the, honestly, I'm, I, Full disclosure, I missed most of the first period. So I didn't catch it up, turn it on. I'm like, oh my God, they're up big. And um, I'm like, this is this is good. And then I'm started watching this game, and then I'm seeing that they're 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 being sloppy in the second and the third. It's like they took their foot off the gas pedal just a little bit. And the Jets were really getting some scoring chances. The Jets re- now, the Jets weren't slumping and having trouble scoring like they have. I mean, there was one play in the third period where it was a wide open play. Urson slides across. And I forget who it was, but the guy just drilled it up the crossbar. And I'm like, man, like, I mean, the Jets were moving and they were, they were opening up ice. They were playing, they were, they were playing a lot, a lot of speed. They just, they're in a slump right now where they just, they, they can't put they the can't puck score. in the net. They yeah, just they can't, can't and, score. and you go through those slumps and then in the NHL season, no matter how good you are, you go through those yeah. slumps. The Jets are in it right now. There were, they were a hot team. They won nine in a row. I mean, yeah. and the Flyers broke that streak. But what I think was crazy. It was like the first time in like three games with less than two minutes to go, Kyle Connor scored and and, and and ruined the shutout. And that was it. But the thing is, I remember watching the second and third, and I'm like, man, they just don't look right. They look off. They look like they're taking their foot off the gas. And if it weren't for Sam Erson keeping him in that game, they probably would have lost that game. And I, I totally give John Tortorella credit because the reaction he had would be the same exact reaction that I would have in a locker room. I, I'll be honest with you. When when I coach, and granted, I'm youth, youth hockey, but I see the game differently. I just, you know, personally, I see the game differently being a goaltender. There have been games, and you can do this when you coach, and it's the, and you and I and I highly, if you're someone who's interested in coaching or is currently coaching, I highly recommend you take this advice. Praise some teams where they put in the full effort and even when they lose, praise them. There have been times where I had gone in the locker room and I was like, team played a great game, but they hit a hot goalie or we did everything right and we just, we couldn't score. And you give them credit. You say, you guys played great. Doesn't matter that we lost. You guys played great. You played a great game. That's what matters. There are teams where basically, I'll give you a great example. There was one time we went in a league game. Yeah, at the time, and, and, and the way the league works in New Jersey is that if you lose two league games in one season, you you can't qualify for the playoffs. Now we were like third in the in third in the league. You had top two teams make the playoffs, so we were like third at the time. We had already lost the one league game against Brick against the goalie that was probably two or three years developed more than they should have been. We went to this play this team, and I'll never forget it. We, we, I, we, they just, they didn't have their foot on the gas. They, they, whatever reason they didn't have the foot on the gas. They knew they weren't the, the, one of the better teams in the league, all that stuff. We barely won. We won two to one. We won. And it was an awful, awful, awful game. And and when the kids were done, they were all happy, celebrating, going to the locker. Hey, we won two to one. And I literally ripped them and said, this is one of the worst games you've ever played. Like yeah. legit. 
and the reason why you do that is because the point is it's not about the score. It's not about the yeah, the Flyers won four one. They might have won four nothing. But you base it on the effort. And it kind of switches the mentality. And you and I see why John Tortorella would do this in promo. Like, I don't give a shit if you won the game. Yeah, you got we got two points out of it, but you played like shit. And you have you've seen it after games like, hey, those guys played great tonight. I thought they played great. We just didn't get the points. That's how you have to do it because yeah. that's what sets the standard. That's you hear the, the you hear yeah. the phrase "complete game" during losses, and you, you see, like we saw against the Jets, he didn't play a complete game in a win, and you hear that all the time, especially it, from John Tortorella. Correct, but not even the complete game; it's the effort. Yeah. You, like you're going to have lapses where okay, we didn't play. I, when I hear a team and say they didn't play the full sixty minutes, well, I mean, you just took up your foot off the gas, or you just got like you know lackadaisical about it. Tortorella wants you to play. Full sixty minutes, no matter what. So I don't care if you're up four nothing. You still play hard defensively. You still play. You still press in the offensive zone. When that doesn't happen, you, you have to kind of kick your team in the ass to kind of say, okay, it's not about the win here. Yeah, we got the points, but it's about how we play. It's not about what you do. It's about how you do it. It's about not what you do. It's about how you do it. Because you can get zero points and play your ass off, and be like, that's exactly what we need to do. You show, you know, I'm sure the, the the video team is showing on the tape. Okay, you did this. This is this is perfect. This is great here. There's sometimes the game happens. The game yeah. happens between that little stuff. You 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 win some draws. You lose some draws. You know, it's you, you win the battle and the puck might kick off the wall and go right out in front. Is that your fault? No, it just happens. It's yeah. part of the dynamics of the game. But the effort was the issue that Tortorella saw, and I love, absolutely love that he was pissed off after that game. That yeah. to me is something that. That should show anybody, anybody. I I can understand fans, no disrespect, Bill, like fans like you, who, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, who haven't, you know, played, you know, at that, you know, for for as long. I can see fans being like, well, they won. Why the hell is he getting so pissed off? Because you have to play and win a certain way. And that's what it's about. Because that's the consistency that you get. And that's what gets you in the playoffs. And that's what wins you games in the playoffs. And that's what this team needs to learn. Honestly, what it's a, a, a great example of that is what happened with the Eagles this season. Like we saw them winning these games, but it always in hindsight, some fans were already pointing it out. But in hindsight, the majority of the fans obviously got to this point. You're like, yeah, they're winning, but it doesn't look right. Doesn't, doesn't feel right. right. And obviously, lo and behold, look what happened. Um, so yeah. we'll address trade rumor, trade rumors, and all that as we come up on the trade deadline a little less than a month away. But first, as always. This episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Looking for a super offer for the Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. That line, if you're listening today on Sunday morning, that line continues to fluctuate. Chiefs are still underdogs. Anytime the Chiefs are underdogs, I'm riding with them. But as we look past, if you're looking after uh, this, anything, baseball, football, hockey, all of that is coming up in basketball, obviously. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. With promo code THPN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. The trade deadline. As we've been teasing throughout this entire episode, uh, we we cannot fall in love with a lot of these players. Uh, Obviously, Owen Tippett, you can fall in love with. We, we we just saw you got a big contract extension. There's rumors of a TK contract extension coming in the summer. Uh, I would be more than happy to sign those two guys. If you're it, it, the balance that that you have to as we continue to, to, to tease throughout this entire season and beyond, honestly, is establishing who the new core is while also recognizing who do you build around them. Obviously, we're hoping that Mishkov is part of that core in the coming years. We obviously hope that Owen Tippett, or excuse me, um, Tyson Forrester continues to develop despite being on the roster. He needs to, uh, you're hoping his shot gets a little bit more and more uh, poignant uh, for the team, and he's part of the team. I'm very curious what this team does at the trade deadline. Obviously, the big name is Sean Walker. You're thinking, you're hearing rumors of a first round pick, which would inevitably be probably a late first rounder because of uh, the teams that are going to be vying for him. I think that there is other players to be had that they can uh, get rid of. I'm very curious what your thoughts are um, and where they go. Because obviously we're hearing the two big names that I've I've seen, actually the three big names, obviously Sean Walker, Rasmussen, Rissalainen, and I've even seen Scott Lawn's name pop up a yeah, couple of times yeah, here and there. Yeah. And honestly, I don't have a preference on which of those three I'd rather keep or get rid of, whatever the whatever you want to think. I would be fine getting rid of any three of them, though. Like, if they stay, great. If they go, just as good. Because you can probably get some high value from them, from all three of those players. I'll start from the lowest value that... Here, here's how here's how I look at the trade deadline. The trade deadline is an opportunity to kind of fleece other teams when you're close yep. to it. The Flyers are literally in a position they have not been in years, and, and this is why. They are unexpectedly by most people in a playoff race, okay? All right? They also are admittedly rebuilding, which means that, okay, yeah, we're open for sale. You want someone? We got someone. The Flyers would be smart here to do something, in my opinion. Now, you got to take the good with the bad. First of all, let me ask you an honest question, Bill. Is mm-hmm. this team winning the Stanley Cup in June? No. Okay. All right. Are they making the playoffs? Yes, they are making the playoffs this season. Okay. They're making the playoffs. So they won an opportunity. Okay. If you get in the playoffs as a professional athlete, do you think you can win the Stanley Cup? Do you believe in your team? In the mindset of a prof- – yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's the conundrum the Flyers are in. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're the conundrum the Flyers are in. They, they uh, Management knows, okay, we're probably not deep enough to win a Stanley Cup. We're probably not yet. We also know that these guys, they're willing to do it and they're willing to put in the effort and they have it. They believe that they can do this. This is where the difference becomes because now you have to look at this roster and you're not trying to dismantle it, but saying, okay, where are my glue guys? Where are my guys that are really going to help us out? First of all, let's look at Scott Lawton. Let's, let's evaluate Scott Lawton. Let's take a look at Scott Lawton's contract and his stats this season. Now, we always talked about Scott Lawton being a glue guy. We've always talked about that, but... um both the Flyers contracts, some cap friendly. Okay. So if we look at Scott Lawton, let's see. Scott Lawton has. 
He's got three years left on his contract at three million per year. Okay, it sounds reasonable, and 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 next season or two next season, and after next season, it'll be reasonable to have him at three million. The problem is Scott Lawton right now has got twenty one points, and he's a minus seven on a three million dollar contract. Okay, he's played fifty three games, six goals, fifteen assists, twenty one points. All right, um, minus seven. Not what you're expecting out of a guy that you you know is supposed to be a you know, a third line center type guy. You go, you need those guys to be in the pluses. Minus seven is not, is not great. He's averaging all nice 15 minutes a night. Okay. And he, even though he puts shots on goal, he's shooting a 5.2%. He's got he's six goals, 115 shots. If I'm looking at those numbers there, is that worth $3 million a year? No, God, no, okay. not anymore. Teams are looking for help out of the center position because there's nothing there. There's nothing out there. They're willing to pony up and say, okay, we need a guy like Scott Lawton because we need a glue guy that'll pull us together. So they'll look and pass that, that $3 million per year and kind of say, okay, we need something for the playoffs here because we need someone to glue together and round out our bottom six. Is that more beneficial for the Flyers to flip a guy like Scott Lawton, take a, the only person with it with a letter on his jersey and do that to the locker room? and flip for assets going forward, is it worth it? Well, it really depends on what you're getting on return, first of all. Yes, because I think there's obviously a discussion, too, because you can retain up to 50% of that salary to try and fleece them even more. Because, also keep in mind, the Flyers just got cap space because of the Carter Hart situation. Yes. So they can eat a little bit more money. Yeah. Correct. But... Maximum three retained salaries at a time. Don't forget they're retaining on Kevin Hayes. So yeah, you're going to waste it for two years on Scott Lawton? I don't know about that. I, I don't know if you're going to do that. All right, so let's look at the next candidate. The next candidate I would look at is on defense is the, the Sean Walker one, okay? Sean Walker is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, right now making $2.65 million, which is going to go up severely next time around because I think that Sean Walker has been one of the underrated better players on this team. If you look at his numbers, okay, He's got five goals, 14, 19 points, and he's a plus 10. He's a plus 10. Those are really good numbers for a defenseman. A guy is, you know, for a guy who, you know, they, they basically had an add-on piece in the, in the, uh, in the trade for, you know, for Provorov. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm looking at this is that I don't think you tear up your back end. If you're planning, if you're going to the playoffs, Scott Lawton is one thing. Okay. I look at this and say, okay, you, you, if you're going to get someone, there, there's rumors out there of like getting Casey Middlestad from uh, from from um, from Buffalo. You know, Edmonton is interested in Scott Lawton. Toronto's interested in Scott Lawton. I wouldn't get anything from Toronto because Toronto doesn't have anything to give. But Edmonton, <laughs> you, you you might be able to get something out of Edmonton a little more, like a player or two. They might be willing to give up a little more because look, they're getting desperate. I mean, you, Conor they, McDavid, I don't think they're getting desperate. They are desperate. They like, are desperate. Yeah, they are. They they need they need to win. They're in the win now mode. They have to win now mode. I think with Edmonton, you could probably get a little more out of that. But again, I'm not trading Scott. I'm not, I'll trade Scott Lawton. I, I wouldn't trade Sean Walker. If I'm trading any defenseman, it's going to be Rasmus Ristolainen. And, and the thing is, is that I, I, I think you'd rather trade Rasmus Ristolainen over Sean Walker. And I think you re-sign Sean Walker because that really – I would re-sign Sean Walker to like $4 million a year at least. Mm-hmm. I, I really would. I would take some of that cap spatial relief that you get from Lawton and or Ristolainen and you tie it up and and and, and um and, uh, and in Sean Walker and people say, well, you know, it, he's, he's on, you know, he's on an expiring contract. What if his play dips? Okay. He's a, he's a John Tortorella type guy. I mean, have you, have you, how often do you see Sean Walker's name? 
You, you don't see his name too often. And if you don't see a defenseman's name, that means he's playing well. And I see him score goals and chip in. Those that's kind of a that's more of a glue guy at this point than Scott Lawton. No disrespect to Lots. I mean, I know Lots is important in the locker room. He's the only person with an A. But if you're looking at the numbers and looking at the performance, Sean Walker is a better bet right now than than, than Scotty Lawton. Rasmus versus the line him. I mean, he's played in 31 games. Four points is a minus six. I mean, I think at this point we can say, okay, if you can get something out of Ristolainen, you, you, you get it. I think Ristolainen would be the one to go. The only thing about Ristolainen, and I will say this, is that I think that from when the reason why it took a while for the Flyers to resign him, the his agent really wants to see him in the playoffs because they feel like his value would be high in the playoffs because of the way he is. That's one thing you have to look at. Say, okay, we've never seen Ristolainen in the playoffs, but again, he's not. He's not hurting you per se, but he's not really helping either. So at the end of the day, I'm looking at this, and I'll tell you there's one floating around which really makes a lot of sense to me, and it's no disrespect to Cal Peterson. I know I've been saying that a lot, no disrespect thing, but it's the truth. This is this is, this part is hard. Cal Peterson, okay, he is a backup goaltender. He's an AHL goaltender, but he can come in. He can, he can fill, some game, fill some games. I don't see Cal Peterson – full-time at the NHL level again anytime soon. There's someone out there that's floating around that's got NHL experience, has got playoff experience. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell is an opportunity for the Flyers to pick up a goaltender. He's got some term left on his deal. I have to look at his, his contract. I know he's got term left on his deal, and he's not cheap, but with the Carter Hart situation, you need someone reliable behind Sam Erson at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and that and I Cal Peter Cal Peterson's not that. And like, if I'm looking at Jack Campbell over like the last seven games or something, he's had like a 9.35 save percentage in the AHL. Jack Campbell, I mean, he's got what on his thing? He's signed for he's got one, two, three years on his deal after this, and with a with an average AAV of five million. You got a Barry. Cal Peterson, who's got, I think, two more years left on his deal. Uh, one or two more years, you're going to have to bury that and eat that. But the thing is, is that where else are you going to get a goaltender at this point? Where, where else? Where else? Like, Jack Campbell's available. He's got playoff experience. Yeah, he's 32 years old. He's a veteran who can come in and back up a guy like Urson at the NHL level. Yes, you have up and downs with him. But, I mean, he, it was like that in Toronto for him anyway. He just caught a hot streak. But, again, it's the experience factor and what he's been through that can help a guy like Urson because at this point, it's not so much that, again, I, I as crazy as it sounds, I'm still not 100 percent sold on Sam Erson. I, I don't I, think any. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of people are. Yeah, uh, I, I, they shouldn't be at least. And that's not right. a again. That's not a shot. At, no, it's at, not. It's just the you're looking at it from a a a a, lo, a lens of this kid. This is a kid. He's like, a rookie. It, it, he's, he's a, a rookie. rookie. He's a who rookie. has not played in any type of game like he's about to experience. Honestly, I will say what has been uh again, it's only a three game sample, but what we've seen or two game sample, sorry, is what we've seen from Sam Erson over the last two games from the All Star break has settled some of those concerns. But they crop right up as soon as we start sit- talking playoffs because the playoffs are so different. Right. Everything's a little bit more tense. Everything's a little bit more ramped up. Like that is just how it goes. And again, to your point, having an experience, this is where the loss of Carter Hart from a hockey perspective 
hurts you correct significantly correct correct and and this is the way i look at it you know people say you know he's playing so well how could you not have have confidence in in uh in sam merson so i, I don't said, think it's even a i never even said i had confidence i never said yeah confidence. exactly yeah i never said that i mean He's 14, 9, and 3 with a 903 and a 247. You take out those first two, and he's probably in the 910s. Yeah, yeah. With with Urson, it's a matter of there's two things. One, if he goes down, are you relying on Cal Peterson to ride your ship the rest of the way? No, I'm sorry. Nope. Not with Cal. I, I, I like Cal. I like the way Cal's have come, Cal has come in here, but the guy's got a sub 900 save percentage in three games. <coughs> I'm sorry, in four games played. Um, you know, he's seen 89 – I'm sorry, he's seen 100 shots, given up 11 goals. I just – I think – I mean, look, he had less than 20 shots last night, and he still gave up two. I mean, I'm, he made a couple saves here and there when he needed to, not the Bernie Perron type deal, but he kept the team in it, and he got a start. You need a little more reliability there. And the secondly, too, is that it's, it's the mental portion. I mean, we have seen goalies who've come in here mentally and have cracked before. I think the biggest example we've ever seen of that is Roman Czechmonic. And if Roman Czechmonic came in here, oh, my God, he's a rookie. He's lights out. Oh, my God, the Flyers, they can't score. What happened in the first round? His first season against Buffalo looked horrible. Okay. The second season against Ottawa, where they scored two goals in five games. That was horrible. The third year, he finally wins a round. Beats Toronto in the first round, by the way. Um, <laughs> and and, that, and um that's the key is that they have not um they have not as far as that as it goes you have to see a little bit more out of urson i need to see urson finish this year and see how he starts next year to have confidence in him i had the same thing about carter hart i'm when i first saw carter hart <coughs> you need to see how they finish out the season and how they start the next one i need to see sam urson come in here next season and be just as solid as he is now. If I see a dip in his play, that leads me to the inconsistency problems that I have concerns with with young goaltenders. Regardless, if you can go out and get Jack Campbell, you you give yourself a bolster, a little bit of bolsterness, and you bolster yourself a little bit in goal because you're getting a veteran there that's going to be a backup to a young goaltender and also be a leaning post that if something happens, okay, you have a little bit more insurance there because, again, that that's really underrated. It's really going to be key. So, that's what I would do. I'd trade Risto. I'd trade Lawton. I'd keep Sean Walker. I, I wouldn't trade Sean Walker. I think that's that a would be guy. a very and that's a very other than Lawton. Other than you can argue the Lawton thing, but other than that, that would be a very John Tortorella driven approach to this because Sean Walker has been very productive on the defensive end, which is what he prioritizes. He contributes offensively at times, right? And that's where. Uh, John Torrell wants you to be. I yeah. mean, that's that's a very John Torrella like move for Danny Briere and company to 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 pull. So I would not be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if they pull all three and just say, if we make the playoffs, great. But if we don't, we don't. I would be floored. I I I, I would I would that would is the least likely outcome. I think I think one or two of these players, but not all three. If they do, um, I, but I wouldn't but I, be shocked. I'd be, and neither would I. And that's the thing is, like, there are Flyers in a situation now where I'd be like, okay, like, okay, they took away their chances for the playoffs this season. You know, not specifically if, if say, for God forbid, they make a trade and, and, you know, they start to plummet, you know, or they change like a Sean Walker defensively and they start, you know, go down. I don't think with this coaching staff that'll happen. But yeah, I don't think they if plummet. it does. Yeah. 
Yeah, but at the same time, I would understand because the, their their goal is yes, we're we're in it, we're going to try to make the playoffs. But at the same time, where they're at a point where they don't want to tear up the roster, but if they happen to do it by accident or make it make some good deals to get them ready for the future more, I'm in. I'm yeah, in. I'm, I'm in. I've seen I enough. Think, of I this think team. exactly. I think we're at a point, despite the success, we know there's more to be gained. That it is out there because of the lack of skill. Like they're disp- again, we've been hammering this since uh, early December. They are p- outplaying themselves, and that's not a bad thing. But you have to keep the eye on the prize of what you're trying to achieve four years down the road, five years down the road. So right. you uh, want this team to be ready for when Michkov comes in? Yep. You know, three years from now. That he Hopefully. can step in and be that elite goal scorer that, and the rest of the team knows how to win. Yeah. That's going to be what gets you to the promised land. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are they going to do? We got a little less than a month away from the trade deadline. Orangebackcheck at gmail.com. Let us know what your thoughts are. Who would you rather trade out of those three? Walker, Rasmussen, Ristolainen, or uh, Scott, Sean Walker. And guess what? Let us know if you're going to the stadium series next Saturday up at MetLife. Uh, we'll all suffer together that stadium, but hey, uh, we're going to see them beat the Devils, and that's all that matters. So let us know if you're going. We are going to be in attendance, the Orange and Backcheck crew. Uh, hope to meet you. Let us know, orangebackcheck at gmail.com, or if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know where you're going to find us, Orange and Backcheck. Also, check out the description below if you need those links. And as always, have a great day. Enjoy the Super Bowl if you're listening to this on Sunday morning. I have one thing to say before we wrap up, Bill. You can use this as the end. Did you know that since 1967, when the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup? I, it's and, been the, and, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's been since expansion that the Toronto Maple Leafs, and my buddy Jeff told me this, that it, I didn't know this until he saw it. Um, the expansion happened in 1967. That's the last time that the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. That's also the last time that they've, been to they've won they haven't won more than two rounds since that time they have won more than two rounds oh that's since 1967 they have not made it back to the Stanley Cup final they have not won more than two rounds. so what you're saying is we need to call the 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 drought for the Toronto Maple Leafs the Flyers drought because it's like it's it's because of the Flyers. They came in in 1967 and have never been the same. There are only two things that I enjoy in this world that people think would be wrong of me. That is the suffering of Dallas Cowboy fans and as the suffering of Toronto Maple Leafs fans. So, there you go. I'm going to add a third now. The suffering of 49ers fans. I'm adding them in. because They don't suffer. They want all those Super Bowls in the 80s. That's I, not it's suffering. It's been 30 years, though, and they are the biggest whiners on the planet. Really I cannot are. stand. Th- they are on a trajectory of Dallas Cowboy fans. And I didn't think that was possible until last season when they got mollywopped in the NFC Championship game and have been bitching ever since. Did they back it up early in November, whenever it was, when they destroyed the Eagle season? Yeah, a little bit. But that doesn't take away from them getting absolutely demolished in the NFC Championship game last season. I cannot stand that team. I cannot stand that fan base. They are a bunch of whiners, and they are on a level that I cannot think was possible until last season so go chiefs i'm rooting for the chiefs this year this season or today i cannot stand it that fan base does not deserve a super bowl i don't care about the san francisco 49ers their stadium's not even in san francisco it's not it's crappy and it's named after bad jeans uh so (laughs) real, real quick 
<laughs> so much for Levi if becoming you go, a sponsor. Well, let's go for it. Right? Yeah. Sorry, it's true. I mean, there. You know, you have you you have seventy three eight thousand different numbers for your genes. And they don't make any goddamn <laughs> seven sense. eight nine seven yeah, seven five seven, seven three. I'm only your area codes. So <laughs> anyway, let me ask you this. Okay, so let's let's do let's do the root game real quick before we go. A little Super Bowl bonus coverage. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say two teams. All right. You tell me who would you rather win. All right. All right. Uh-huh. All right. 49ers, Cowboys. 49ers. Okay. All right. Cowboys, Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs, 49ers. Chiefs. Okay. All right. Let's see one more. Let's do um, Maple Leafs, Rangers. For me, I'm fine with Toronto winning it because I, 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 I don't like them, but I don't have a hatred for them. Goodbye, Rangers, I can't have the Rangers win it. Goodbye.